Well, today, as Lisa said, uh, is Epiphany Sunday. Uh, tomorrow is the day of Epiphany, January 6th. And actually, tomorrow is the 12th day of the Christmas season. And there's a little bit of information in your bulletin about Epiphany. Uh, the word mystery comes up in our scripture and often comes up during the Christmas season and particularly Epiphany. Um, mystery just means that there is something that is real, but we don't entirely understand it. Huh? It's real, it's there, but I don't completely understand it. Um, it reminds me of back in the early 2000s, my mother became a widow and I bought her a little computer so that she could get on the internet and keep up with her grandkids. And so my mom, who was very intelligent, uh, very well educated, had some trouble conceptualizing the internet. And she, you know, because all of a sudden you, you got this vast information at your fingertips. I said, no, not really. It's not there. She said, then where is it? Where is the internet? I don't know. <laughs> well, how does it work? I, I, I don't know. It, it, I think it's a faith issue. You have to believe in it. It's real. It's there. I don't understand it. It's a mystery, right? Probably a better example is uh, what I've already kind of mentioned, which is love um, that we experience. You take a couple that maybe they've been married 40, 50 years, and at times they bicker, and they get on each other's nerves, and if you ask one of them to tell you the shortcomings of the other, they will happily tell you <laughs> what those are. And then one of them passes away, and, and the other is just crushed and heartbroken, and, and that's just the mystery of love, right? That we, we bicker, we argue, we get on each other's nerves, we make bad decisions sometimes, we make noble decisions sometimes, and, and it's real. And it's illogical at times. And it's always been a mystery. That's why there's so many songs written about it. The mystery. Epiphany Sunday traditionally uh, honors, lifts up the wise men, which is why we sang We Three Kings for our first hymn. Um, epiphany just is kind of, the word epiphany is sort of that aha moment, that, that moment you realize something that is true that you didn't fully understand or recognize before, a, a reveal, a manifestation. And in the Bible, the, the wise men are the first ones to publicly reveal or make manifest who Jesus is. They say, who is? They say, where is? Where is the king of the Jews? And then they bring gifts befitting a king. Now, the shepherds, shepherds are all pumped on this angel choir thing, but it's, it's the wise men that really publicly say to the world who Jesus is, an epiphany, if you will, this mystery revealed. 
Now, a little bit ago, I, I really laughed uh, when Alan said, Happy New Year. And y'all had the most miserable response I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's a funny phrase that we use, Happy New Year, right? But usually the day after New Year's, we're not that happy. If you catch my drift, right? Happy New Year. You know, December is awesome, right? December is awesome. It's the joy of the season that we experience. There's bright and beautiful decorations, wonderful lights, parties, great food, feast, eggnog, pies, cakes, candy, turkeys, casserole, gravy. Did I say eggnog? Eggnog. <laughs> you know, all these special programs and special worship services and special drinks and beautiful music and then comes good old drab boring January right the only thing that gets us through January is the NFL playoffs am I right <laughs> can you imagine January without any sports playoffs right January the the month of reality check January, the month of remorse and regret, the month of repentance. If December in the calendar family is the cool, beautiful sibling, probably the youngest, charming, always the life of the party, the one you want to be around because there's so much fun, then January is the serious, responsible, oldest sibling saying, I told you so. I told you not to eat all that food. I told you not to spend all that money. Now you're going to have to pay. Mom and dad are not going to like it. Hmm? January, the I told you so month. January, the month of resolve. The month we resolve to be the new and improved and better me. Huh? January, the, the month where we, we get honest and we say, I'm not acceptable now, but just you wait. I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to become much more acceptable. Just you wait and see. Which, believe it or not, actually brings me to the scripture. The, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians and it's just filled with irony if you really stop to think about it, Paul, who as a young man thought he knew exactly who was acceptable and who was unacceptable. Paul, who as a young man thought he knew who was worthy and who was unworthy, who was surely loved by God and who is probably not in God's favor. And then Paul has his own epiphany that which we call the Damascus Road experience. Paul receives a revelation from God and experience of the risen Christ. Not only has he got experience, he comes to understand that not only has he got it all wrong, he has become wrong himself. In his attempt to be 
a very religious person, faithful and pure before God. He's religious zeal. He participates in the murder of Stephen, an early follower of Jesus. The scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself, but he hates his neighbor Christians and seeks to have them thrown into jail. The scripture says that you're to show hospitality and kindness to foreigners, to Gentiles. And Paul is too pure, too religious, too worthy to even eat with these unworthy, unclean, impure, pagan, Gentile, unbelievers. He's got it all wrong about these wrong people. And so the scripture begins, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Isn't that 180 degrees in his life? This God's grace that was given to me. I had it all wrong, and God still has a plan for my life, a call on my future, a love for me, I was died for, even when I had it all wrong. And then he begins to talk about this mystery, this mystery that we experience in and through this, this mystery that through the gospel, through Jesus Christ, through the resurrection, through the cross, through the Holy Spirit, that the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, he says, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. The man who's all about separation keeps repeating the word together. He realizes they're all in it together, even when you're wrong, even when you become wrong. So, maybe New Year's, for us shouldn't be about what we're going to do in order to become acceptable. But maybe it's just a good time to get honest and reflect on who we are, who I am. I am beloved. I am redeemed. I am forgiven. I am died for. I am loved, I am treasured, and I didn't even have to go to the fitness center. (laughs) I've already received it. And now Paul says you have to embrace it. Uh, To respond with faith is kind of what that means. To embrace that mystery which is already present and true. Why? Why should those who are wrong be died for? It's illogical. It's a mystery. And yet it is real. And so we embrace it. And when we do, it leads to doing. More often than not, the fruits of the Spirit, Paul calls it. We embrace this mystery and... Often that leads to compassion, generosity, holiness, self-control, kindness, and humility. A prisoner for the sake of you Gentiles, Paul finally obtains 
what was missing all along, humility. It's always been interesting to me that the wise men are Gentiles. Bible commentators speculate that maybe they were from Babylon, modern-day Iraq, or maybe they were Persian, modern-day Iran, that people from Gentile people, pagan people in the Bible are the first ones to proclaim who Jesus is. That makes the mystery even more of a mystery. And yet seems to claim that indeed we are all in this together. Church, this, uh, this could be a tough and challenging year for us. Uh, the issues of gun violence in our nation and now even in our churches. And how do, we, how do we work our way through that? There's still so much hateful rhetoric going on. It's an election year. How's that going to go? A divided nation, we keep being told. And possibly a divided denomination. And I'll be real honest with you. I, I'm weary of folks, and I don't mean just here. But I just mean in our society. Folks from every quarter, every direction, left, right, up, down, you name it. Trying to tell me who's acceptable and who's not. And who I'm supposed to open the door for. And who I'm supposed to close the door on. And who I'm supposed to love. And who's not worthy. I just think we're all in this together. And I have prayers. I have optimism. I dream. I hope. I pray that this coming year we grow as a church. Not because of our great marketing strategies, but because Christ is risen and Christ is with us and Christ is on fire. When you're excited and on fire, you can't help but tell somebody else. If Christ is risen and in us, we don't need an evangelism committee. I have hopes, I have dreams that will thrive as a church. Not because we're so sophisticated or smart or cool, but because we are committed to seeking God's will and then doing it. My hope, my dream is that we become better known in our communion, community, that we're actually well known in our community. And not because we're so good at social media, but because this community sees that we love them. And we want to make a difference for them. I pray, I hope, I dream that we're going to have more and more children interrupting worship and making noise and running up and down the halls and young families, young parents drinking coffee and being a part of this family and not because it will relieve us of our institutional anxiety or that we hope they'll start doing all those committee things that we're tired of doing. 
but because we love them and, and we get it. They're, they're trying to raise children in the 21st century. They're facing challenges that we didn't even know existed when some of us were trying to do the same thing. And they can't do it alone. They need some help. And, and we love them and we're all in this together. Above all, I pray that we'll be united. United because deep down when we really get honest, we, we really know that our differences make us better. United because we have striven to be humble. And because we know that there have been at least one or two times in our life when we were the least and the last. And someone loved us anyhow. United because we have the courage to learn something new and to allow God to lead us into a new place, even though that might be scary. United because we're confident that God is watching our back. Generous because we know that God provides and courageous because we know that no matter what the world tries to do to us, the gospel always wins. Christ cannot be defeated. And how does this happen? Well, it's a mystery born of prayer and openness and grace and forgiveness mystery of forgiveness the mystery that everyone counts the mystery that we're all in this together